0: Plus minus. Dang, dang. Oh, what a Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. What'd you per, say? Per plus minus. Yeah, like Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tells the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Plus minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in a season in the NBA history. Welcome back to FOMO Warriors Plus Minus, not FOMO as in FOMO games, but FOMO as in fear of missing out, which is exactly what Steph Curry is feeling, but we are not, at that right fellas, we do not fear of missing
1: out on the bubble.
2: I don't think Steph's really missing out. I was about to say, I don't know, I think he's having
1: fun at the PGA Championship.
2: I think he has to say it because if he was like, yeah, I'm loving not playing basketball for like eight months, but I think he does watch, you know, Clippers, Lakers, TNT, and for like two and a half hours, he's like, man, I wish I was in that game, but i Definitely don't think he's missing everything surrounding it to make sure that game
1: happens. I wish he had a little Phil Jackson and he was saying, yeah, I don't really care about that fake championship down there. You know, <laughs> Asterisk. <But good> luck. <laughs> Asterisk. And we should say, to, to give proper credit, he, it was to the New York Times.
3: It was the New York Times. To story, Mark. So yeah, yeah, Mark Stein. Having gone through a little crediting situation earlier, uh, myself here, uh, not myself, the organization. I was going to say, what'd you do? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, not myself, not myself. But um, he's watching games he understands there's a title on the line at some point and he wants to make sure people doesn't don't think he's totally checked out but he's kind of checked out he's kind of you know the warriors have been out i mean they haven't played they haven't been together as a team in more than four months and whether they have this mini camp or not who knows at this point Unlikely, unlikely to have. Yeah, I mean, this is this. They're not going to see each other till this you know November or when, whenever it's going to be. So everyone's checking out a little bit,
1: but you, you got to say I'm following it some.
3: I think he's following this, the golf
1: swings at the resort to see how those guys are playing. Yeah, I haven't talked to him about what he's doing, but I was talking to Brandon Payne and Bruce Fraser and some of the people working out with them, and they both relayed the same thing, which is we don't really talk about the bubble. We don't really know what's going on in there. We go in, we get the work done. Steph's got an interest in how his brother is doing in there, but it's not a focus. What is a focus is just improving. And I have to say, I know people, they talk about off-season workouts and they go, oh my God, this guy added this much of muscle, blah, 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 blah. I'm kind of feeling it. I'm kind of a believer. I think people are discounting Steph a little bit. Coming off a season where he was injured, coming off... Durant getting more touches, and he's no longer part of that MVP conversation. I was looking at it. I'm looking at how Steve Nash at age 32 had his most statistically productive season. I'm looking at how Steph just has months and months and months to prepare and refine and recover. And I'm thinking... Are we just headed into the season whenever it happens just forgetting about how this guy was considered maybe the top player in basketball and how he might show us something that we hadn't seen before? I think there's a significant chance of that. Who forgot that? I think he's out of the conversation. There's a little out of sight, out of mind in a sense that he's 32 now and he's not going to show us something new. I'm, I'm very intrigued by what they're doing. I wrote about it. They're doing interval training with him. We forget that Steph does have a physical advantage over opponents. It's not height or strength obviously it's just that you can run dudes ragged and if he's doing something that makes him better at that that's something i want to see i came away from the conversations more interested and primed for whatever we're going to see from the warriors when steph and them return
2: one thing i would say is even though steph is the oldest of the core pieces remaining he's the one that i feel the least amount of worry, and I feel from the outside, there's the least amount of worry. Clay, obviously, ACL, zero games in 18 or more months. You don't know how he's going to come back. The Draymond conversation, which we'll get to, I mean, there's a lot more conversation on where he's at aging-wise, even though he's, what, two years younger than Steph. So I know what you're saying. Steph's not in the conversation right now because he's not playing. I don't get the sense that people expect like some rapid decline from him.
1: I would put it this way. If you say top five players, I don't think he would be put at a level that is commensurate with what his impact is on the game. I I don't know where people would put him. I'm confident saying that much, that that's the out of sight, out of mind where... The attention span, too. I mean, all of a sudden you're going to say, well, look, Dame Lillard.
3: Dame Lillard, is look what he's doing in the bubble. And man, you got to move Devin Booker up there. And not that you would over
1: Steph, but you remember what you saw last. And we haven't seen a lot of Steph lately. I, I'm just looking at it this way. I'd rather have Steph than Giannis in the playoff game. I mean, wow. I'd be, call, me, call wow. me a homer, call me a homer, but I'd, I'd rather have that. And it's I, I'd, I'd, homer. I'd rather, homer, but that homer, homer, homer. homer. <laughs> I don't know where you rank them, and it would be it would be hard. There's some apples and oranges, but just you see the impact, you see the plus minus, uh, <laughs> as is the name of the podcast. Would you take Steph over Kawhi? Would you take Steph over LeBron? Would you take Steph over Durant? Kawhi might have that top spot for me. It's so hard because Kawhi shows up to so few regular season games that it's difficult to know where he's at. He might have that top spot. LeBron is another one where you just never know. It's like one day he's not going to be LeBron. You never want to discount the possibility. But right now with the way he's playing, it does open up the conversation of how much of this is reputation versus LeBron. And so I don't know exactly how I'd rank it all. I went into this conversation just extemporaneously saying that, but I'm putting him top four, maybe top three, and maybe higher. I don't even think this is disputable, but uh, here's here's what we can conclude
0: without a doubt 100%. Giannis would rather Steph than Middleton. <laughs> yeah, 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 Middleton and 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 yeah.
3: I mean, whoever, take that whole roster and Giannis with Steph would be a perfect combination. And we could talk more about that. But let's say the Warriors had made the playoffs this season, whatever we're in, it wasn't a pandemic, and then Steph would have played the Olympics. Think about that difference to what he could have next season. Hasn't played hardly at all for what now? I mean, for like almost like a year. He's going to be as fresh as he possibly could have been at age 32 after all the playoff games he's played after all the long runs he's made so this is going to be the best of Steph that he's got right here this next season starting and whenever it's going to start and it's a huge discrepancy from what it could have been if he'd gone through another playoff run gone to the olympics he got all the things that he's got going on. Then he rolls right into a season. So yeah, it is a setup for a pretty interesting Steph Curry season.
1: Yeah, strike what I said from the record just because it's already going to be seen as me creating conflict between Steph Curry and a star, perhaps slated to be on the Warriors. I'm just kidding, Ben Thompson. But yeah, but my main point is that there has been some out of sight, out of mind with Steph that is understandable and new shiny objects come along. We see that Giannis versus Luca game on Saturday night and it's incredible and it feels like you're seeing the future in the present. So that's just natural, but I think we're going to get a reminder when the season actually comes back and whatever iteration it comes back in.
2: The same could be said about Kevin Durant. I mean, the last time we saw Kevin Durant, he was probably the best player in the world. I mean, you guys remember that Clippers series and even the 10 minutes he played in the finals.
1: He definitely had an argument for it. And that's forgotten that there was that brief window where he finally got the top. He had the top spot in the league for what felt like a few days, if not a week, then it was taken away by the injuries. But yeah, he got there. He definitely got there. And we don't know what capacity. I mean, with him, it's out of sight, out of mind. But the injury he's recovering from is a more difficult injury than the one. Yeah, it's Steph more comparable to clay from. situation. Yeah, I would, I would say so. And even harder. I think Achilles... Typically a little harder to come back from than ACL, but I'm not a doctor, so that is true. We do have a few guys who have been out of the mix, and we will be reminded when they come back because right now the focus is on that bubble. Bubble, bubble, bubble. And players moving up in the bubble. Are we seriously going to say, is Devin Booker a superstar
3: now?
2: Um... He's going to have a lot of momentum heading we into next game. We definitely can season. say Carmelo
1: Anthony is, though,
2: right? No, there you go. He is
3: a superstar. You're right. You're right. Top five player right there.
1: I do want to say that there is a part of me when I see some of the action in the bubble, I go a little slower roll. I mean, this is an open gym. It does matter when there are actual fans there versus when you're playing in a G League showcase kind of setting. And I see Luca throw up 19 assists, and I think he's incredible, but I think that You know, do I think about that like the way I would think about 19 assists in a game game? I don't know if I do. I mean, I, I think about it like 90% of a game game is, is how I think about it.
3: I used to see the NBA guys playing the UCLA men's open run, like, you know, legendary open run. And it feels a little bit like that. Like, yeah, Tracy Murray looks great. But I'm not sure that translates to like a game five against the, the Bulls right now. I feel that a little bit with TJ Warren. Like, TJ Warren hey he always has looked like a player he's always looked like a great shooting wing but he hasn't always done and all of a sudden now he does it only in the bubble I gotta wait and see a little bit on that you know Lillard he's good almost all the time verging on great almost all the time Booker we've all seen can can light it up you know I think some most of them wonder why doesn't he do this all the time now he's doing it in the bubble so maybe less so but some of this you do have to discount because it's that men's gym thing. Like, I have seen Tracy Murray look like the greatest player of all time against NBA players in the men's gym, and it does not happen <laughs> when he played in the NBA. You do have to do a little percentage discount, I think, on this play.
2: Well, first of all, what's been different with Booker right now is they're, they're winning. He's been doing this, but the Suns typically lose. Right now, they're 6-0 and in the bubble. If they somehow squeak in to this play-in, and if he, they somehow beat, let's say it's the Blazers in the play-in, and then push the Lakers to, like, six in the first round, then that's an entirely different conversation. If you know, bubble or not, that's that's him in a series against the Lakers pushing a very good team. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing him go 6-0 and against average competition. And the Suns have had hot streaks before, you know. If this was thrown in a typical march when it would have been, we wouldn't be having much of a discussion because it would be— Weren't we saying this when they would beat the brakes off the Warriors <laughs> earlier
1: in the year like I no, I think I think Booker's pretty legit. I think Booker's pretty legit. You know, speaking of TJ Warren, you've got that Suns issue of whatever you're doing there just doesn't add up to as much as if you were in another setting and then you would look a lot better. So yeah, I think... Well, you I mean, don't think
3: the Josh Jackson thing worked out real well for them? <laughs> Dragon yeah, Bender yeah. Uh, was uh, awesome. Marquis Chris. Marquis Chris. Well, we could get into all that, too. Okay, I, I wrote about it, so I p- people know my opinion on the Draymond. $50,000 tampering fine for what he said. We even have the audio right here, Brian.
0: It's great to see Book playing well and Phoenix playing well, but get my man out of Phoenix. It's, it's not good for him. It's not good for his career. Sorry, Chuck. But uh, they got to get Booker out of Phoenix. I need my man to go somewhere where he can play great basketball all the time and win because he's that type of player. Are you tampering? Maybe.
3: (laughs) What do you guys think about what Draymond said about Booker needing to get out of Phoenix? Saying it, you know, when he was asked specifically if it was tampering, he said maybe. And then
0: getting fined for actually tampering. I think he was... More ripping the Phoenix Suns. We've heard him do this before. He's been ripping Phoenix since Marquise Chris came to town. He was the one saying, we've written off Marquise Chris like he's trash, but really, he was just in a bad situation on a bad franchise. And he's been saying this since training camp of 2019. So... I took this as another shot towards Phoenix and another shot towards bad franchises that squander. This is Draymond probably auditioning for GM, like put me over your team.
2: I'll I'll make it happen. I could do better than you guys. Marcus said this is him auditioning for GM. I actually think this is him auditioning for the job he was doing. For Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because I you know I, I talked know to if some of the pay enough. Yeah, <laughs> I, well huh? maybe hey, I hey, to... the CBA. We'll see. <laughs> I talked to some of the people around him, kind of in the lead up, and like he's kind of thinking he was like could be the Tony Romo of the n b a now the strange part is he's still got half his career to go, maybe at least four more years, right he's on the one hundred million dollars to go, yeah, yeah, I know exactly um but i'm sure I'm sure Bob loves hearing that, <laughs> I know right, but you know, I think he was going into the set, particularly remember that was night one, that was like segment two, maybe of his time as like a tnt analyst i think he kind of wanted to make a splash a little bit i don't think he was thinking about the tampering but i think he wanted to make it clear right away like current player or not i am going to give my opinion and that is his opinion we all know we've heard him in the locker room with those type of opinions i just think the nba was probably just taking aback, back like wow he like went on tnt and said that well it was a little bit out of nowhere was the thing about it
1: if it came up I feel that came up almost in the course of conversation it would have hit a little bit different but it was just get my man out of Phoenix just kind of out of whoa okay we've gone from analyzing the game to something totally different right then and I don't think he was tampering even though he said maybe I do think he just wanted to express his opinion and guess what he can also beat the Tony Romo of the NBA he's great they need him The NBA needs him or somebody like him right now. They need somebody who can communicate basketball, communicate a love of the game and an understanding to fans because they don't have enough of that. TNT, I think, has a really good brand of it's just dudes hanging out, cracking on each other. We know what we're getting. We have two decades of that. But the NBA needs somebody to fill that role somewhere. Ideally, probably ESPN, because they don't have the TNT dynamic. That 20 years of uh, credibility with the audience. So I think he could do that. And you saying, really You're saying Chauncey it. Billups and Jalen Rose ain't it? I mean, not, not really.
2: Draymond fits the TNT brand more.
1: He does. They've got
3: a full slate. That's the other thing, though. mean, I guess they could rotate him in there or have him do games. But we're talking, wait a minute,
0: there's four more years. That got there's four left. more years. There's a lot left on the contract. Also, he's been That's a big. That's what I'm saying. He's not
2: paying enough money. None of that is paying him for $100 million. So. Well, what's funny, whatever he got this weekend, he lost. And then some by saying the Booker comment, 50K. I mean, I can't imagine he got more than 50K for two days. No. No, no, he did not. But I, you know, this
3: wasn't about money for him. This is this was about a splash. I think it's all right. He he was kind of roaring to go, and it is a little weird to say it while the Suns are winning. You're like, you know, like the first time you're thinking, wow, there's some positivity here. They got some young players. They got eight, and they got whatever. Da 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 da. And then Draymond says, oh, you yeah, by the way, get Booker out of there. You know, I just like everybody jumps on the tampering thing because yeah, I mean, obviously, the league I'm sure is sensitive about the, the Durant stuff. Uh, whether or not Draymond actually called him from the parking lot after losing Game 7 in, in 2016 or not. They know that that was going on. They don't want players to do this anymore, although we all know it happens. <laughs> but do, you know, Don't do it publicly. At
1: we least. can't have any players tampering. Let's get the majority of the league inside in a bubble. A, a uh, bubble. <laughs> yeah, and put them all together and they can't see anybody else. But they just and let's don't. Let's give
0: want them to activities
1: pump. to do together, so they could, you know, become fond of each other. Let's make it look like the scene in Wedding Crashers, where they're riding on the bikes in the meadow. And <laughs> I think just... that's the joke of
0: the tampering. The joke of the tampering rules, like first part of tampering, like the the first barometer of whether or not somebody's tampering, is the feasibility of the actual move. Like, what the hell can Draymond do to get Devin Booker to the Warriors? No. Like, it's yeah. not even feasible. You can't tamper on something that's straight not straight up for feasible. Andrew Wiggins. You don't think Phoenix would do that straight uh. up? But Draymond can't do that, right? Draymond. And like, if Bob Myers is saying it, all right, that's between the general managers. Like, if a guy's a free agent, I got it. If he or if he's a pending free agent, I got it. But if he's locked up in a long term deal, like just because I tweet at Rihanna doesn't mean I have a (laughs) shot, right? Is it tampering if I tweet at her? Like. Oh yeah, you oh, gotta yeah. you gotta have a shot at it. I think in yeah, order for and, it, to can, even and it doesn't
1: even make sense. Like it makes it doesn't, more make, s- doesn't make no sense. It makes more sense for them if they're gonna do all they need to do to get a major superstar on the roster. That would be a really painful process in a way with a trade demand and everything else because they can't sign guys outright. It would at least have to be one who fit the roster. Where it's a big, you know, adding another perimeter guard. It just. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. I get why he was fined. I think, again, this is why I think if it came up in the general conversation, it might not have happened. I think it was the out-of-nowhere-ness to it that, that brought about a lot of the I attention. think it was they were like, are you tampering? And he's supposed to say, nah. And he said, maybe, right? And they were like, oh, okay, you want to mess with us. All right, 50,000. I don't get what the rules are either because aren't players allowed to tamper? They've kind of tweaked those rules now. They can't
3: publicly advocate for a player to change teams. They didn't. Is that the change LeBron A D rule? Yeah, they just underlined it. Like this is what this means now. You know what it is it's the owners of Phoenix and Oklahoma City. Sorry, Slayer. Uh New Orleans. Like they just don't want to have other frontline players at bigger teams say every rule go, we're is gonna designed go get to
0: protect those owners. Like it feels like
3: every You are very rule
2: correct rule. on Oklahoma City, and I would go more GM than owner in that situation. <laughs> OK, but they just don't but they don't want to hear. It. But, you know, that's who
3: that's who the rules are made for the owners. And that's what they don't want. You know, they don't want to hear it from these guys.
1: Can the NBA ever have it like the NFL has it where a superstar is with his original drafted team and doesn't seem miserable there? I mean, how does that happen where that happens more regularly? One of the PGA championships, but that might be. Draymond the, I mean, seems pleased. Ex- yeah, yeah. yeah those, but I'm saying that's the, that's more the exception it seems than the
2: rule in the NBA. Kyle right Kuzma,
3: there. he's a superstar now, right?
1: <laughs> that was a good shot. This
2: should be the Kuzma pot. Oh, never mind. That's in about 30 minutes.
3: <laughs> we don't want to waste all your good a material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save on Kuzma. that. Save that material for your real podcast. <laughs> give us the Dwight Howard stuff or something. I, not the Kuzma stuff.
2: It's interesting because part of me thinks the NBA is like trying to give him a warning shot right now of like, don't go crazy on TV. You know, don't, don't be <laughs> Saying, you know, you know what if he said that about Giannis instead of Booker? Hey, yes, the yes, Bucks there get Giannis out of there. Now that would be yeah,
0: reasonable that one, though. Yeah.
2: That would be reasonable though. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> the problem is what would the Warriors have to do and would Draymond still be on the roster? But yeah, that would be that would be incredible. No,
0: that is
3: unspoken part of this all. But
2: I'm saying it's actually possible though. That's the part, right? So I do think the NBA is kind of, you know, it's a little bit like, hey, calm down when you're on the air. But the other, I'm like, NBA, maybe you shouldn't do that. Some of the best material we've had from a broadcasting standpoint was Draymond. So it's like, you know, they shouldn't discourage him. You know, he might be sitting at home right now like, man, I don't want to go back on TNT. I got to watch what I say. I don't want to get fined again.
0: They announced that fine, charged it, and then gave him a $50,000 appearance fee for somewhere. <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> this is an investment. It
3: also might be a warning TNT. It's like, if you brought him on to do this stuff, It's going to cost him
1: and he's not going to want to do it. The NBA is rightfully sensitive about this. I think the NBA is dealing with a brand issue where if you bring up the NBA to people, depending on the person, a bunch of different things are going to pop into their head. But one of the things is that these stars are just temporary, that they will leave the small market, that they're not really that invested. And so you shouldn't maybe invest as much in this. And so I used to not care about that stuff. I used to dismiss that as something that wasn't real, and I thought David Stern cared too much about it. But at this point, I'm starting to think, yeah, you know, that is a bit of a problem with enough people. It's all about scale. Like, when there's too much of it, when there's too much of the rearranging of the chairs, I do think it hurts you a little bit, and so I understand the sensitivity of the league.
0: We'll get back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer body. The beaches are opening. The sun is shining. You know what that means, right? That means the bushes, yes, the bushes, they must be tamed. And Manscaped is here to ensure that your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild by not looking so wild. (laughs) Ha! That's pretty good. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up, step it up with your full body grooming game. And they're gonna do that with the Perfect Package 3.0. Now this kit comes with the Essential lawnmower 3.0, which is a waterproof cordless body trimmer. And it also comes with a ton of other liquid formations, you know, to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market, especially for those of you who need a chest shave. And I know you do because you've been spilling MMs in that bush the whole quarantine. This is the third generation trimmer featuring skin safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. You can also adjust settings to get the length you like, right? So you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Be sure to use the crop cleanser to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula. So it's as good and healthy for your chest hair as it is for your skin. Now, inside this Perfect Package 3.0, you'll find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, which is uh, your anti-chafing, ball deodorant, and moisturizer, right? Because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing, you know, your bathing suit all day. Actually, I don't know that cause I'm the type who swims in hoop shorts. Judge me all you want. You'll also find the crop reviver, a below the belt toner that's designed to give you a pep in your step and also smell great. So subscribe to the perfect package, get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer, delivered to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. You get the shed travel bag, which is $39 of value. And you get the patented, high-performance, reduced-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. You get both of those, right? That's the gifts for the subscribers. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code TheAthletic20 at Manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TheAthletic20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off shipping at Manscaped.com. And use the code the athletic twenty for a limited time. Subscribers get not one but two free gifts. Don't forget, get all that roughage tamed with Manscaped. Now, a quick word from Indochino.
2: I still follow Oklahoma City people, and when that Draymond comment surfaced, there were people like, "Oh, like this can't be allowed." he can't be saying this because you know you're correct there's still kind of scar tissue from the durant situation and just open recruiting and that you know that does kind of you know stick with those moments i go back to silver statement when
3: the warriors get durant by all you know salary cap rules all cba rules that were in place and he's like saying how bad it is for the league and it's like, how can that be bad for the league based on the structure you built and they're going under the cap? Like they're going to pay less. They're a major market team making tons of money that is purposely paying less to their players because they had to to get Durant than they were in the previous two seasons. What was that all about? It wasn't about what's bad for the league. It wasn't because the ratings are going to be great. It wasn't bad because they circumvented the CBA and they, in fact, followed every single CBA rule they possibly could to pay less than they were. It was because Oklahoma City was mad and other owners like Oklahoma City were upset. Dan and they Gilbert. told Robert Sarver, by the way, might be one of them. And they told Silver, you got to line them up. You got to go. And so like so, some of this is theater. Some of this is stuff that they did to themselves.
0: 99% theater, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did it to themselves by creating these max salaries. And Absolutely. They keep moving the goalposts because they're trying to cover their own ineptitude with rules.
1: Well, they also can't reckon with the power that the players have. They don't know what to do with it. And so they traded... They traded security for uh, they, they traded some security and they didn't realize what they were trading it for. They went, I hate when I sign a guy to some terrible long term contract. So guess what, Adam? We need shorter contracts. We need short contracts, short contracts. And suddenly that came at a cost. That came at a cost. The cost is that these superstars just had all the leverage with these owners and could just go from team to team to team. And so they, and they did had do it to themselves. And they had a deal
0: with these six-year deals. They just didn't know how to say no to dudes who didn't deserve them right exactly like, that's what it was about protect me because i can't seem to figure out who actually deserved these max deals Jameson, take all the money right like <laughs> it's their own and up to but also like this is part of it right like the oklahoma city crowd and you know the the cleveland crowd part of the entertainment of the nba is their foil right it's like, if there is nobody mad, what are we doing, right? If there's no crowd that's upset. I think Slater's mad. He's like throwing, I think Slater's throwing stuff back
1: Yeah, right, That right, was right.
0: not me. My mic was that, me. That house definitely Asher. <laughs> yeah, that was my that was son's little
1: T ball baseball that that fell off the couch. I apologize for that. He's
0: going he's to charge you like a Ramon Loreato. It's <laughs> like we were talking about how. The league misses the Warriors in the bubble and ratings and yada yada, right? Ratings are bad, by the way. But <laughs> they, when they were great, it was because you had angry fans as well as like you had a whole you had whole markets hating the Warriors, right? Like or LeBron, yeah, or LeBron, absolutely, same thing. Like that's part of what drives it. So if you make all these rules to stop these certain fan bases from getting bad, you're actually hurting the league you know with this whole docile desire of of a fan base like no yeah yeah spurn them yeah this is what draymond is good at is like prodding the other audiences and these other fan bases so they kind of get riled up so now when it's when there's a series there's actually some meat there so it would be crazy to me to kind of remove that element you want draymond causing problems, having people pissed, especially when you have someone who's good at it and is okay with it, right? Like that's what made Charles Barkley great. It's like, he'll say whatever he wanted and nobody, he doesn't care. Those dudes don't fall and grow on trees. It's tough to find a guy who, especially in this social media climate where everybody listens to Drake, like everybody can't just sit here and take this, you know, but you got a guy who can and he's good at it. You might as well milk it because as Ethan points out, you kind of need something to help these ratings.
1: I'm looking at the overnights. I'm looking at the weekend. its uh, I know I've become ratings guy, but it's its a bad scene. It's over the weekend um, from, I think, Thursday to Monday. 13 of the 16 nationally televised games are under the viewership average for this season. And as we all know, this season was a collapse in ratings. So... The basketball bubble's great i mean it's exceeded expectations in every way except for this one apparently things build things you know and if they don't if the ratings
3: don't come back for that and you know let's say that say, i keep saying what if the lake what if the lakers lose a game and everyone wants to know it's it's a do or die game five like they got to win or else they're in super trouble you I know what i would say the that.
2: lakers are probably gonna go on a blazers rockets clippers let's say bucks type path and that's good for the nba i mean it no We'll see. The ratings still may be a disappointment, but I think we'll know because that's about as good of a path ratings-wise as you would want for the league
1: my laker fan friend i showed a screenshot of the uh, the weekend ratings the weekend viewership and he said i'm more confident now because i think the league is going to rig it in our favor that's what he said as as just a friend i'm not alleging that but he was looking at because all the numbers the top numbers are lakers 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 and there's a big drop off right now between lakers and not lakers in terms of what people are tuning in for
3: i want to get back a little bit to this you know the the, the great teams and, and and the weak markets are worried the Warriors were considered a weak team, not that long ago. In fact, when they drafted Draymond, they were not considered a great team. Certainly when they drafted Steph, they were not. a, they were a team that players fled from, and, and Curry didn't want to be drafted by them. Granted, they're in a big market, granted Silicon Valley, but they're not all that different than Phoenix, are they? Really, the, the market is not that different. And Phoenix used to be a place where players wanted to go. Barkley and these, you know, that's they had accumulated a nice group of players, Jason Kidd, whatever you want to say. That went away, and and I think you can just say, why can't you do this? It's not like the Warriors or the Knicks. They're not run by Madison Square Garden. They're not the Lakers. They turned themselves. They're run by Robert
2: Sarver in Phoenix. There's your problem. Yes.
3: You probably can't do it in Salt Lake City or New Orleans or whatever. We'll see. I was around when the Warriors were the place where nobody wanted to go to, whatever the market was. I don't
0: and know. I don't know. Jason quickly. Caffey really wanted to Jason come to the Jason Caffey, yeah. I don't was... know. Byron Houston really wanted to be here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, the Warriors' run was oddly correlated to the Bay Area's run as this immense surge in uh, just relevance where – When I was growing up in not the Bay Area, I thought of San Francisco as, well, that's an American city, you know, on the level of like Seattle or Boston. You don't think about it with New York or L.A. It's not on that level. And what happened in the last half decade, I think, with social media and with the explosion in tech money was that in relevance, really, San Francisco started overtaking – new york and i think got more culturally and maybe economically not even maybe economically more relevant than la certainly i mean apple was in the 80s so you know i mean this
3: is more than the last five years i understand the, the boom of social media's last five years but Apple's not a brand new company. Google's not a brand new company. Yahoo's not a brand new company. These are not brand new companies. I think yeah, it's I the guess, but the money was there. I mean, we've all known the, the money's money was there. been there. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, the bubble popped in two thousand, then grew back up again. You know, basically with the iPhone. Whenever that was, was like 2008, 2007, when, that, when that, that was the relaunch of everything. I don't exactly say it's it's to it to Silicon Valley. I mean, and I don't know that they've gotten players other than one almost specifically because of Silicon Valley. It's because they made they they built it around Steph Curry and and they did it right. Then the market became the advantage. Before it was not that no one talked about oh I got to get to this market. Nobody said that. Nobody and they were trying to flee from this market. So. You know, again, not possible in the same manner in Salt Lake City and some other cities. But it's, in D.C., there's no reason why D.C. should be a terrible market. No reason. There's no reason Detroit should be a terrible market right now. There, this this can be Phoenix for sure. And I do think, and I wrote this, I think the Warriors look at Phoenix and having several members of the organization, key members of the Warriors organization having been in Phoenix. I think they look at Phoenix as like that's the thing to avoid. That's how you screw up a franchise. Let's do it differently I would say do, the, do it differently than Chris Cohen or Robert Rowell, but they weren't around for that. They're, they're saying do it different than Robert Sarver. I think that is a mentality in the Warriors organization.
1: There is an element of you can create your own momentum, right? When Michael Lewis is asked, how do you always know what people are going to be so interested in when you write your book? And he goes, I, I don't know. Just your interest creates its own momentum. And there's a this little is like feel. your life motto, by the way. <laughs> maybe. There's a little feel. It doesn't always work out, by the that way. That and but the it,
2: NBA ratings.
1: And the NBA ratings. Well, that I think maybe I created my own momentum with that. I don't know. Would a, you
3: do it with the A's, Ethan, please? <laughs> oh,
1: God, I can't. See, Well, that's what I That's what I mean. There are limits, and the A's are that limit, where my intense interest in the A's doesn't necessarily generate its own momentum. I want it to generate do they the get kind enough
0: of, to qualify? <laughs>
1: I want it to have the momentum of Ramon Laureano charging at a bench coat of the Astros, but instead it it has the the, the momentum of uh, you know Pablo Sandoval.
3: Yeah, by the way, we're out. not talking about the A's play. I want to make that specific. People might think we're, no, we're talking about the A's readership levels, but that's a whole that's a little inside there. But uh, that that's me. That's a me and Ethan little inside conversation.
1: Yes, yes. But you know, there there is a field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. For a lot of these cities, D.C. as you mentioned, Atlanta as you mentioned, there's no reason why these places should be NBA backwaters right I mean there
0: is kind of a reason right you do need a Steph Curry you got
3: to get yourself stuff yeah you got I mean but Atlanta had a very good team in 2015 at the same time the Warriors were rising and they didn't have Steph Curry but they had a lot of good players nothing in a bizarro switch I'll just say I was just looking at the A's play the Angels and I'm going, yeah, the Angels are like as bad as the Giants. They look, they look terrible. Oh, by the way, they got Mike Trout. <laughs> you know, you can have the best player in the sport and it still doesn't take off for whatever reason. And whether that's happening in Milwaukee or not, we'll see that. I mean, they're a far better team, but it just doesn't seem like the Giannis Milwaukee marketing thing is happening. And if it hasn't happened already, maybe it won't happen.
0: Well, we need as an A's player to go on like, you know, TV and say, man, we got to get Trout out of. Out of the Angels, like save him, get him out of there. <laughs> what
2: network would have an A's player on to be an?
0: A's? <laughs> uh, what A's player would do it? It's got to be Chapman, right? Chapman.
1: Loreano did the A's a huge favor by charging the Astros. That is the most coverage the A's have gotten, and I don't even know how long. And a lot of people like since it.
0: since somebody decided to do. <laughs> a yeah, lot of well, <laughs> since the
1: fires, uh, yeah. But oh, that one. Oh no, that yeah, that's not the. <laughs> not that's, one not, that. that's not but the one. Yeah. They were I guess the one. A's do get in the news. It just doesn't generate. It just doesn't generate an audience for them necessarily.
3: They're a spot national news team that does not have the consistency of a base that that we all would like to see. And then maybe we'll get there. Maybe they'll get there. But at the moment, no. After they win this pandemic championship. There yeah, you go. There you go. How did this
1: turn into an A's podcast? I know, right, I know. Yeah.
3: And Slater's not even chiming in. Slater's the, the biggest A's guy there
2: is, and he's not chi- Yeah, he's Slater's not a treehouse.
1: He's a treehouse regular, you know? It's, uh, not, the, I mean, yeah.
2: you know, I monitor the A's. You guys are the ones at the game.
1: Here's what I want to know, because people were talking about how Luca Giannis is going to be the new Magic Larry. Why isn't Giannis a bigger deal, right? I mean, he's unbelievable. There's never been anybody quite like him. Why is it just that he's from Greece? What, what is it? He's played zero
2: NBA finals games. I think that matters. He's not been in the finals
1: yet. Before LeBron was in the finals, he was a big deal. Well, Giannis Same thing was with like Durant. the 14th thing pick with in a bad draft. How are we measuring that, though?
3: Like, how are we measuring? Ethan writes a lot about, like, you know, the college is the kind of the initial PR prep. And I don't always look because LeBron didn't have that. But LeBron was big in high school. And there's different ways. But I think I mean, Luka didn't if, have if, if Giannis had done one year at North Carolina, I think it would be different and had, you know, some sort of run. And if people had known about him, and then he's the first pick in the draft or whatever. It just came at people out of left field maybe a little more. I would think think that he would be hugely interesting to people right now in Milwaukee on a very good team. It just it
2: hasn't happened. I don't quite understand it, but it has not happened. Two things I think would like will really juice up Giannis into the future. Number one, he wins a title uh, and then comes back next year defending champ. Or, you know, they lose this year and then suddenly free agency becomes the largest thing. And then if he changed teams to whatever team, then I think he becomes a much bigger story. Isn't this like a uh, you know an easy answer to this?
0: Like Luca plays in the number five market and Giannis plays in the number thirty-five market.
1: Well, I just look at the their game against each other, prime spot Saturday night, prime time ESPN, and it's one point two seven. For the uh, 1.27 million to tune in for context or people, that's not particularly impressive for that particular time slot. It's actually less than the average. And you would think watching it that oh my god, this is incredible. I think the lack of a co-star is one aspect. Durant had that, which made you have to pay attention to the Thunder when they were a small market and they were on their rise. I think people tune in, they they see Giannis on the Bucks, and then they kind of look what else is here, and it's just not. For the casual fan, there's just not
2: a whole lot You better them, stop too.
0: disrespecting Wesley Matthews. <laughs> 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 I mean, we Matthew.
2: talked about this last week. Brooke Lopez is their second most recognizable name. Uh, and no, you want to know what else? Nobody on their team says anything. I think that's always mattered from a Warriors perspective. They all make news. They Steve Kerr's coming out making news. Draymond's their, you know, l- the last few years has been their third or fourth most important player. Yet he's making headline after headline. I do think there's a part
0: of it, like, if you dominate home first and that home is big enough, then that kind of spills. Like, the Warriors were, like, everything in the Bay first, and but the Bay is so big that it becomes this magnet of all this. I don't know. Will it ever happen in New Orleans? I don't think it would, uh, Some of these markets are too small. Even if they're lit it's like, okay, that that's cool, but it doesn't make everybody else pay attention.
1: I have a theory where if it seems like what you're doing is something magical, like with passing or with crazy shooting, you don't necessarily need the personality. But if what you're doing is perceived as physically dominant, Shaq had that huge personality. And so... Not only was there tune in for this, nobody nobody looks like this, nobody's doing this. He also is just so entertaining. You know, Giannis doesn't really have that. He's got the physical dominance that's unusual. And it's it's not just that. He's he's skilled as well, but it's not like the passing of Luca or the shooting of Steph. You know, I think there's just something to that. There's that je ne sais quoi. If he had Joel Embiid's personality, I think that he would be he would be a bigger deal in, in the US for sure.
2: Marcus, to your point though, like Oklahoma City's smaller market than Milwaukee. But I don't know, maybe I'm being jaded because I was there, but it seemed like they were a massive national They were a public team. They were.
0: They were, but but Oklahoma City was unique because their craziness over the Thunder was like next level. It wasn't like just, oh, okay, they're out. you watch those games on TV, like it's like C- yo, it's Goblin
2: C- that like it did Oh it I was there. It was wild. Been, like that was. Crazy. I remember
3: when I was talking to Warriors, people are going, my God, do you understand how profitable Oklahoma City is? Like, like For a couple of years, they're like the number one revenue team in the NBA because they were making so much money on sponsorships and people getting in the building. Now, that changed swiftly because other teams bypassed them, including the Warriors, obviously. Oklahoma City had things going. Like, it was they like, had wow, a vibe. Yeah, 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 there, was, there, there was a, a movement there. And they had San Antonio as a model. Like, you could just say, look, San Antonio isn't a place, like isn't the dynamic franchise, but it's a franchise that matters, that means something enduringly in the NBA, and that Oklahoma City could be the next one. They had that, and Atlanta's never had it. Detroit's had it in the 80s, and it's long gone. The Knicks have lost it for, you know, it just, you just got to get good. You got to get good and see what happens from there, and, you know, you're not going to lure LeBron James if you're in those cities, but perhaps except for New York, although they seem to screw it up. It's just like, it's just, you got to get a good players and then it creates its own thing.
1: I'm just so fascinated by what is this superstardom thing and why do some people have it? Why are some people a draw? If Zion was in shape, then it almost would, I wouldn't say that it doesn't matter, the New Orleans thing, because he'd be a, if it's the Knicks, it's a much bigger deal, but he's a draw. Zion Williamson walks in day one. If he's actually in shape and playing, people are watching. Duke does that for you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but Duke does that for you, but it doesn't do it for everybody. And it's sort of this kind of you know, you know it when you see it, but it's hard to explain why some guys and some franchises are just captivating to the public and others aren't so much. It's a little bit arbitrary.
0: What's Giannis's audience? Like what's the what's the ride or die like Ben Thompson. The M- a Milwaukee guy, right? Like yeah. You know, Steph had the everybody who under six feet and like you know, Felt like yo, I can do that. He had three years in college too. Zion too. has like this, had this whole culture like of internet highlights and dunks and just like street ball. He, he's got the whole, he's got that whole vibe behind him. Like who's Giannis's audience? Like who who are the people that are like yo, I'm it's ride or die Giannis. They're
2: Milwaukee Warriors people. fans at this point, probably. Yeah, Warriors. Warriors fans, <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's really what it is, but. And We're talking subtleties here. We're talking shades of personality and split the difference on marketing personas, but it's all true. I would have said by now he would have been huge and he's not as huge as he could have been or maybe should be. You know, it, it's coming from another country. There's all these things, but there's other there's people. Luca is going to be a bigger player than him, and or maybe already has, and he comes from another country. It's just these are dynamics that are exactly aren't easy to pinpoint exactly, but they're add them all up together. I do think that it's not going to quite happen in, in Milwaukee. He might stay there. He might be great. Might win championships, but he's not going to be the towering NBA figure that his talents would lead you to expect him to be. It's, I just don't know that's going to happen.
2: You guys want a painful Warrior segment of the week? No. Oh, there's a painful? What happened? What happened? Was there something? Uh, no. You know how sometimes you guys get, like, it'll be some tweet you had from, like, a two years ago, and suddenly like you're like, why is this getting retweeted? You know, why, what, what's going on here? I had that the other day because somebody, you know, I guess, brought back up a draft workout from two drafts ago, pre-draft, and Nobody it was where we're going. Jacob Evans <laughs> yes. draft workout, Gary Trent was part of that draft workout. Jacob Evans goes 28. Gary Trent goes 37. Gary Trent currently is the best shooter in the bubble. He's like, I think, 29 of like 50-something. I mean, he's shooting like 57% from three. He has more made threes than Damian Lillard on the Blazers right now. And he's guarding... Opposing wings, he's like their best wing defender. There's a thought that you know he's gonna probably guard LeBron maybe in the first round, while also being like a, a you know knockdown three point shooter. He's 21 years old, and he was available to the Warriors instead of Jacob. Evans. Get my man Steph Curry out of Golden State.
3: <laughs> what are they doing? They can't do it with him. I remember the name, but I don't remember him in college. Like, and he went to Duke, right? I, I just have no recol, I have no recollection of him being a top player. That doesn't mean the Warriors didn't screw up. But they clearly did. I have no recollection of him being a good player, and he came from Duke. So you normally, if you're somebody comes from Duke, you have some perception of him. You know, I knew who R.J. Barrett was. I knew who all these guys had come through there at the top line, and I just don't remember him. And I remember Quinn Cook more than I remember him. I think, hey, you miss him or you get him, and you get credit for the good ones, and you don't get credit when you screw up. And I think they'd even say, I mean, they've admitted, because he's not on team anymore. Jacob Evans was a screw-up, and... They needed to hit that one. They just were looking for different things, and they didn't get it with him. I know people who did like Gary Trent Jr. in that draft. I was like, I don't even know. I have no, I have no
2: recollection. Yeah, I mean, it's guy. always weird at 28. Remember, I I can remember doing like 28 guys. They could pick at the 28th pick, and it is just like a, you know, just wild long list. But it always hurts more when you get a miss when suddenly a guy that you were thinking about at that spot who was available at that spot is emerging into, like, a legitimate nice rotation piece. Meanwhile, at the same time of both of their career arcs, the other guys, like, might be out of the league soon.
3: Come on, Jacob destroyed Gary Trent in that workout. You know, he just took him down, went for a 50 on him.
2: Hey, that's Draymond Green's workout. That was Draymond Green's draft. You're right,
0: absolutely. Draymond Green probably told him, uh, Gary Trent's trash, go with Jacob Evans, a 16-game play now.
1: Well, he shot 43% from two as I'm looking it up. And I guess he's a great enough shooter from the outside that that hasn't mattered. But generally, look, I wasn't really looking at him. I didn't really know much about him. But if if you just show me the statistical profile, that's the first thing I would key in on and go, oh, 43% on two-pointers at the college level? I don't know how it's going to work out in the pros. So it's more of uh, an art than a science, I guess, trying to pick these guys. Yeah, you get the
3: players you get. Some organizations are very good at getting these players, and like Denver gets these one after another after another of these players that they develop or they pick right. And the Warriors have run into a wall on that recently. Again, they're picking late, but they haven't produced these anybody like Gary Trent Jr. in the last four or five years they just haven't
2: done it with, with some late round picks obviously all right spin it forward last segment uh lottery you guys getting excited lottery is now what eight days away something like that finally oh my
1: god i'm excited but it's Can also getting it, like sense. four more uh draft stories before
0: <laughs>
3: Like how long ago did 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 Australia stop playing, uh, Ethan? Like I feel like we've had this draft already because I've read so much stuff, and then they stopped playing, and nothing's happened, and we still haven't had the draft. We haven't even had the lottery yet. It's amazing. I think
1: Killian Hayes is forty two years old now. Uh, I mean,
2: it's unbelievable. I see Marcus has gone on record and joined me on the Wiseman bandwagon.
1: You're all wise men over here. I'm alone. I mean, this is a th- me and the three wise men right now on this podcast. <laughs> And I really think that Killian has fallen, and I'm using his first name because we're best friends now. I think he's fallen in the draft because he was making his run while play was actually happening in Europe. People were tuning into his Bundesliga games, and I gotta say, if you're if you're his agent, he's got to put out one of those workout videos, man, like Wiseman does. You need some workout videos with some flame emojis. Uh, you gotta you gotta get that out there because you gotta get some hype. Otherwise, people are gonna forget about you. It's out of sight, out. Mind like Steph Curry. He just needs you to write another story. Come on now, he's not a spy. He's not giving me any material. You got to <laughs> give
3: me some material, Hayes. I can't believe that that Marcus, me, and, and Slater are so unified on Wiseman right now. It's just like. It's just lacking all other strengths, I think, in this draft. You go for the big guy who looks athletic and shoot like Like no one else has those things. Like you can show that 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 will play in the NBA. And Wiseman has two or three things that we can see will play in the NBA. And everybody else you to talk about at top of this draft, you can guess you can pick at very seriously. Now Wiseman. Has some things you you know. Does he have the motor? Is he going to be able to shoot reliably? These are things. How is he going to fit in the NBA office? Is he going to? How is he going to defend when he switches? All these things, but. You can just point out some things like this guy I can see in the NBA being pretty good for a while. The others, I think if you said 50-50 chance that Anthony Edwards is going to be terrible, I'd say, yeah, it might be 50-50. I mean, not terrible, ter- terrible, like as yeah,
0: a terrible pick. I think Wiseman can be serviceable at least. You could watch him and see. Some of these guys, you'd be like, yo, if you don't hit this, this ain't going to work.
2: LaMelo Ball might be the best version of that. Like, it's like you get the bad LaMelo Ball, like, yeesh.
0: I do think we've seen
3: some bad centers at, <laughs> covering the warriors and i think we can all see that Wiseman's more talented than than they've had you know, throughout cousins uh but like he's got skills that we did not see from damian jones and we haven't seen from kevon looney looney all the looney's been solid and it didn't you know zaza and javel mcgee and david like at their points in their careers he does stuff that they could not do and you put that in into a mix with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond, Green. I, okay, I, I can start talking about that. I can't say that with a lot of the guys I'm seeing. You know, like Obi Toppin, eh, you know, I mean, I could be convinced of it, but I also could I be convinced I kind of like it. Of it. Yeah, I, I could see him scoring in the NBA. I could see him being a disaster on defense. I like Okoro, but, man, I'd like him as a back end of the lottery guy, not a top three, top four, top five guy. There's things that you have to convince myself and with Wiseman, I just go, I, I can see him playing. If he's coached well, I can see him playing a long time in the NBA. And I think he's going to be coached well if he ends up on the Warriors.
1: Ooh, now I'm getting intrigued about Toppin. I hadn't really thought about Toppin for a while. I, mean, he's a sc- just, I think he's going to score. Yeah, he's going to score. Here we yeah, he's go. gonna offensively, yeah, yeah, yeah. offensively, with his ability to rim run and also pick and pop, I mean, that could be, that could be nice. That could be a very nice. And I think he's another guy I would be, be able to say he won't be a bust. He might not be
3: great. But he's, like, going to be a seventh, eighth man at worst. I mean, he's better than a lot of the guys that we've seen run through. And, you know, defensively, you might have to cover for him. But you can say that about a lot of people in the NBA. I think he's going to be able to score. But I think Wiseman's a much higher end talent than
1: him. 60 though. career college first two years, 68.7% true shooting on uh, quite a bit of volume. Best offensive player in the draft or at least out of college. Right. Because it's hard to know with the guys out of Europe. I prefer going playmaker. I prefer going guard just because I think you need to build that bridge to the future. So I stick with Hayes. My lonely, lonely Hayes take, but it is a very difficult draft to. Other than
3: what we've all talked about, number one would be more valuable, possibly in a trade. Does it really matter where the Warriors end
1: up? Do you guys think? Uh, It depends on how they feel, right? Yeah, I mean, if they
2: get five, you know, what if the two guys they really like aren't there? You know, we talk about Wiseman, how you know we're starting to, us three at least, are starting to believe he's a fit. Uh, If they're five, there's definitely no guarantee he's there.
3: Yeah, I mean, but he might be there, too. I mean, that's like...
2: Yeah. You know, there's, if he's there at five, yeah. I think there's like, yeah, yeah,
3: there, there like a, a thir- one third chance that he's there at five. Like, I would you
2: know, say their who, dream who, scenario is whoever they're like truly, truly in love with, they get five and that guy's at five because it's, it's less salary, it's less pressure, you know, less expectations, all that.
3: Yeah, I'd say more realistically, that's three probably for them. You know, it's a little accelerated money, but they have the shot, like, if they're at three, I think they're getting Wiseman at three. And I think if they get one... Wiseman at once so you might as well like let's put him at three get him at three you feel you know you put the pressure on Anthony Edwards or whoever goes one or LaMelo ball or however that's going to work and you just take your guy at three I think I think three is actually a pretty good slot for them it's like a Kentucky Derby where do you want to be in the gate if you don't want to be on the
1: inside you don't want to be the outside for them you want to be right in the middle of that it's that a little block. easier to pay back uh Goldman
2: Sachs with a number five pick than a number <laughs> one pick
0: <laughs>
2: you have to get that pick on layaway Well, if they do get the number one pick, they control everything in the lead up, which means like, you know, remember trade is very much an option with this pick. And that number one pick, even in a bad draft, when you can just offer a team whichever prospect they want guaranteed, that's just becomes a very appealing piece. What are they going to get? Yeah. I'm just like, what will they get?
3: I mean, you don't know. I mean, things could I mean, another pick. Well, they got Minnesota's pick. They could have a very high pick here and they could attach it to... I don't know. I mean, if Pascal isn't that
2: valued, I don't know. Wiggins is an anti-value at this point. What if you could get, you know, the Knicks, let's say, are at six, the Warriors are at one, and the Knicks are just so obsessed. We'll say LaMelo Ball, but whoever. And the Knicks are like, we'll give you you fully unprotected 2021 first rounder Uh. in a much better draft. Ethan, draft expert, would you give up the number one in this year's draft For a Knicks unprotected pick in next year's draft. Oh hell yes.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yes, I would. Just given their track record. And you're getting to six too, right? You're getting six back. Is that what you're saying?
2: Probably not. I I don't. That would. I mean, that would be quite a deal if you could do that. But I just mean you just you almost punted a year, but you say.
1: I would want to run. I would want to study a little bit and see. Okay, what's their situation? Could they get a free agent? How bad are they realistically going to be? But just top of my head that draft next season is a draft to dream on it is the wingapalooza and yeah if you can get another pick in that one and then you know at that point you could package your two potential lottery picks the wolves and the knicks and god knows what you could get with that so yeah i would and they'd have their own too by the way so they'd have three number ones if that happened so
3: Interesting. I, I think you want a player this year. I do. I guess it. I'm just, you guys convinced me. It, 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 it kind of I mean, does you've matter. You've got to get a player with, they, this year. I think they want a player. Yeah, I think they want a player. And, you know, I think the
1: they, market is such that you've got to hold your nose and just take the pick because there isn't the market. No GM wants, I think no GM, wants to put their job at risk in that way in this uncertain draft and give up something to get the number one spot.
2: Every motive's different. Every franchise's motive is different. You know, sometimes it's good for a front office, depending on where they are, if they feel like they're hanging by a thread, anyways. Well, let's juice up the fan base's energy by jumping up and getting a Lamelo ball, because at least or you know, an owner fall in love with somebody is like, go get that guy. Yeah, thirty teams, thirty different motives, thirty different stories. So I don't know if I'm the Warriors going to next Thursday. I think I would take one if I had my choice, just because yes, it's more expensive, but I'm not worried about Joe was pocketbook. I take Killian Hayes at five, that's what I do.
1: <laughs> he wants do. him to get to five and it's Killian Hayes time. Oh, Killian man. Hayes time.
2: What if somebody falls in love with Killian Hayes
1: at four and you never get a chance at him? Look, I gotta put a phone call into his agent and go, look, we're the Warriors. Yeah, don't put out any draft videos, Stay, lay low, be like Smiley Geech, you know? Maybe Smiley that's what's Geach.
3: happening, maybe that's what's happening. They've already got ah. the deal, They've already got it set up. Set mm. him up. We'll, Well, we'll get you right next to Ethan Strauss. It'll be perfect.
2: (laughs) Perfect. All right. I need to hop off because, and I want to promo this, John Hollinger is coming on our Lakers podcast to preview all the different potential Lakers first-round matchups, which include right now the Grizzlies, who still sit in eight, even though Jaron Jackson is out, the Blazers in nine, who everyone kind of still expects to emerge, the Spurs are still kind of lingering, shockingly, And then the Suns and John Hollinger is going to preview all that.
3: When is this first round going to start, Slater?
2: The playoffs start August 17th and Monday, and then half the teams will play. And I think they might go east on one day, west on the next day. So that might be August 17th, east, August 18th, west. That's a Monday, Tuesday, you know, the following week from this upcoming one. Perfect way
0: to wrap up this week's Warriors Plus Minus. Until next time, let's hope Draymond does some more tampering.